You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Down at nine, Winston in trouble, wrapped up, down he goes. O'Shane Simonis. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, the best damn host. How are you, my man? It's, uh... It is Monday night after week two of preseason. We are two-thirds of the way done with the preseason. We are less than three weeks away from opening day. I'm very excited. Yes, it feels awesome. Uh, and you know what? This is still shitty preseason that we're watching, and it's still backups, and no starters have played yet. But... This week looked just slightly less sloppy than the week before, and it just gets me more and more excited. But we've already confirmed, Joe Judge said that um, the starters are playing the week three preseason game. It's supposed to be the dress rehearsal. That's how he's treating it, and so far that's the way it's panning out. Probably still no Barkley or you know some of the injured guys, but the non-injured starters that have thus far been sitting should be playing. And Grump, I'm going to make a bold prediction for next uh, next Sunday. I might, for the first time in 20 years, go to a preseason game. I'm considering. I'm considering going. You know, with the starters. Uh, you know, at least getting some some, whether it's a quarter or a half or however many snaps. You know, I have no life. I have nothing going on on a Sunday. I might. Uh, I might trot on down there and, and check it out. So. Um, Keep your eyes open on Twitter at the Cranky Fan to let you know if I'm going to be there and if I'm going to be in the Jameson room or not. Wow. Well, that not that exciting news? Historic news, actually. It's very historic, yeah. Grump, are you around this weekend, or are you? Uh, what's your plan? I mean, I don't think I'm doing anything this weekend, no. Sounds like a date, Grump. If yeah. you're, <laughs> Would you like to go with me to the Giant game this Sunday? Oh, wow. Circle yes or no. Um, um, but yeah so this week just like last week they're doing joint practices so it's a little strange because they have a home game but they're going up to foxborough for joint practices i what whatever how did uh how did giants get screwed this year why are they going to cleveland to play in an away preseason game and then going to foxborough to play a home game doesn't seem to make any sense. Well, I mean, they don't need to go out there for joint practices. That was a team decision. Right, but so why are we doing the road trip for each of these? Why isn't somebody coming to, you know, New Jersey I have for no this? Idea. I don't know why Bill Belichick is not going to New Jersey. I mean, it wouldn't have made any <laughs> sense for Stefanski to come out here, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just kind of uh, interesting. If that's, if, if that's a deliberate move that, you know, Joe Judge is trying to do, like, you know, build team building by being in a hotel for one night or uh, uh, practice the cadence for an away game or what you do on the road. I, who knows? But it just seems a little weird that we are, you know, spending our time, you know, on the road for preseason practices when, you know, other teams are just sleeping in their own bed. Well, I mean, he, he already answered exactly what he likes to do about that. It's, it's part of the reason why he's sat the starters thus far as he's getting them to work in practice against another team. And they, they were not just practices with another team. They were intense practices. They were, you know, akin to a preseason game without the live pressure 
without the you know the 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 free ability to hit the quarterback that sort of thing so there were still some protections in there for his players but also the intensity and the competition they're going up against different people not just their teammates um so that's how he views it so he's kind of just doing it because he thinks it is an advantage for his team to get that kind of stuff in there early as sort of like extra preseason you know you can only play three games but whatever so so that sounds like Joe Judge is a definite proponent of the new trend in the NFL of not really playing starters in preseason games. Um, I'm curious, what do you think about this? Do you think this is a good, bad, or indifferent trend that we are heading towards where you know starters aren't really playing? I mean, we're going to have you know several starters who really haven't played at all in the preseason and their first live snaps in in live game competition in, you know, September 12th in the Meadowlands. What do you think about this? Um, I, I think it could result in some sloppy football here and there. Um, but I, I think, I, I don't know that Joe Judge sits all his starters for this long in every scenario. You know, I think this was a, a, a team scenario that he felt worked this year. And I think that he does not really necessarily prescribed subscribe to you know this idea all of the time um but 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 i think it comes down to those joint practices i think he feels like those are enough reps for his starters to not risk them an injury in a meaningless game and then he can he can then put his bottom of the roster guys in in meaningful snaps in, in he gets more of a look at those players where he can't in practice. I mean, they only have an allotted practice time. It's It can only be this many hours per day, whatever. So that limits how much he can see these bottom of the roster guys. So this allows him to do that. And I think the joint practices is where he gets to see his starters in competitive scenarios before he actually puts them in that week three preseason game or whatever. But for any team that is just sitting all their starters and they're not doing the joint practices i could see that as being a bigger detriment yeah i absolutely could but i think the way that joe judge is doing it is i'd never thought of it like that before that so i'm coming in with no preconceived notions or whatever it makes sense i i think that sounds right we'll see if it works though right yeah i mean you know the two teams the giants have faced so far have we've not seen their starting quarterbacks mm-hmm. um you know no, well, when the Jets, is anyone going to play besides Zach Wilson? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, they're not, you know, we didn't see uh, Baker Mayfield on, on Saturday. You know, he was, you know, he's not going to play in that. It just seems like looking around the league, watching a lot of these games, and I watch probably more preseason football than I probably should <laughs> over the last, you know, we have a hurricane coming through on Sunday, so lots of games are on TV. Uh, you know, it just seems to be the growing trend is just, you know, an overabundance of protection and making sure that these guys aren't getting hurt. And they and maybe it's because of the extra game, the 17th game. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it could be that as well this year. We'll, you know, we'll see going forward if that's it. But, you know, be prepared, you know, to see football being a little rough around the edges for the first two, three, four games this year. And, you know, the hot takes are going to be, you know how ragged football looks this year and everything. And remember that because the guys, you know, especially the younger guys, you know, who, who need reps, who need game reps. And, and they may not have the advantage of having these, uh, you know, 
dual uh, dual practices and everything, it's going to be a little sloppy for a bit. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and this game was less sloppy than the week before. I would say. I don't know if you agree with that because it was it wasn't great, and I'm not going to pretend it was. But it looked like a a team with ideas and, and a philosophy out there, sort of. It looked like a team that you know just overall looked better than the week before, and. You're not. This isn't like college where there is no preseason and you play week one and they, you know, the cliche is you make the most improvement from week one to week two because everybody's playing together. You look at the film and you correct on what's happening and you build towards that. This is just more. These guys are playing them way into shape. The guys who are going to be, you know, are going to be on the roster, not necessarily starters, but guys who are going to be there who've been in in the organization for a couple of years or so. So you're just seeing, you know. You're seeing a little more cohesion, especially with the offensive line. You know, it's not the starters, but guys that are getting more reps together. Um, Mike Glennon looked a lot better than he did in, in week one. Again, still, if he's going to be our quarterback for any amount of time, I'm still, you know, very, very nervous. But at well, least let's let's take it a little bit at a time. Let's let's yeah. Let's take, so I I thought Glennon definitely looked better than the week before, but. More than anything, he just looked like he had command. Like, he just looked like he could get a group of 10 other guys and move them down the field. He's not going to put it all on his shoulders. No. But he's also not, you know, Colt McCoy, where we kind of have to rely on, like, you know, only eight passes completed and, and the rest is all on the ground. He looked like he can run an offense. So, you know, if he's got to come in there in the third quarter and finish out a game for Daniel Jones... He can do that. He can put. He can score a touchdown with the, with the team one time. And, he, he's and not gonna. Single. He's not gonna win you a game, but he's. We don't want him just to lose you a game. I exactly. think. Exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, early on, he just he looks like an upgrade over McCoy. That's it. He looks. He looks calm. He delivers de- decent throws. He's he's shit outside of the pocket. I don't know what else to tell you about that. A lot of quarterbacks aren't that good out of the pocket, but otherwise, he looked fine. I thought he looked good. See, here's the thing: is you know. He looked better than he did the week before. He looks better than anybody else on the roster for you know, any of the backups. But to me, I'm looking at this as, you know, the fear of life without Daniel Jones. And I think that's a bigger reason why he's not playing in these preseason games. It's they are so worried about what they have with Mike Glennon and, and everybody else behind him that they don't even want to think about the possibility of Jones getting hurt in the preseason. I think it, I think if, you know, we had a, you know, if it was a situation like, you know, you have Jameis Winston as your backup, for example, or, you know, a legitimate, uh, or if you're San Francisco, if you have Garoppolo starting or Trey Lance, who's right behind there, that's one thing. But I think, you know, there's no Daniel Jones, this team wins three games this year. I think it's that bad. So they're going to, they're going to put him on ice for just the fear of the worst case scenario. Sure. I mean, we all held our breath that I think it was the 2011 preseason where uh, Eli got hit in the face in preseason. Do you remember? That's and, right. He had, uh, the, he had the bloody, bloody yeah. forehead or the bloody something, something bloody. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's just your skin there just bleeds a lot. But I mean, for seeing it in live action, it, I, who the hell knows? I don't know. He could have had a serious head injury. Whatever. Oh God, I fear the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. What did you think of uh, Brian Lewerke? <laughs> I didn't think much of him. 
Well, okay. Here's, here's what a lot of people have a misconception of what the third quarterback is. The third quarterback is the backup to your backup only in the absolute worst case scenarios. I mean, you're talking about the 85 Bears versus a Pee Wee team just absolutely annihilating people left and right. It's not likely that it's ever going to be like that. Your third string quarterback really is your your practice squad guy, usually, in the, in this preseason scenario. He's a guy that should be able to mimic running yes. your offense, or if anything, mimic the other team during Correct. practice. Yes. Right. And you know what? As silly as this sounds, I trust Lewerke. I think Lewerke is better for that than Clayton Thorson at, to begin with. Um, so I just think, in general, Brand Lewerke is better for this job. But also, he he... In comparison to Clayton Thorson, didn't look like horseshit. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass in this game. Could you imagine Clayton Thorson throwing a touchdown pass? Because I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine him throwing for a first down. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. does it yeah. matter? No, but he looked better than Clayton Thorson, and that makes me happy. I think we spent too much time talking about Brian Lurecki. <laughs> Very honestly. I mean, yeah, great. He, he threw a touchdown. He looks like – I mean – when, when, when we talk about these quarterbacks, these thirsting quarterbacks, people act like it's amazement they can throw a first down. I mean, they're not NFL quarterbacks, but these are guys that had competency in college enough to get drafted. I mean, there's a lot of college quarterbacks out there in division, not only like in, you know, one double A, but in major college. I mean, there are guys in the SEC who will never sniff, you know, an NFL training camp, much less you know, make a roster. So these guys have some ability. It's just clearly not at that best of the best, you know, the, the 1% of the elite of the elite. That doesn't mean though, they can't throw a forward pass. Yeah. Um, running back room, some things here. Uh, Devonte Booker didn't look so great last week. This week, I thought he looked a lot more comfortable. He, he looked perfectly fine. Everything you'd want from, you know, your backup running back who might have to take significant snaps early in the season just to lighten the Barkley workload as or ease the Barkley into his workload. Um, and most importantly for him, I thought he looked good uh, receiving the ball as well as running it. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I watched last night the, the uh, 49er game, the 49er Charger game, and uh, Wayne Gallman was in for quite a bit, and I was kind of comparing – you know, what we saw from, from Booker with Gallman, and, you know, it's at least a wash at this point. If not, you know, might be a little more uh, versatility out, out of Booker, but it wasn't like going back and looking at Gallman like, oh, my God, I wish he was back on the team right now. Right now, I think it's a wash. I, I, not, not, I don't want to, like, spend too much time on this because I agree with you, but I think— I think there's things about Wayne Gallman that we don't really know. Like neg- like I think I think maybe he might be not that smart. Because through several <laughs> coaching staffs, he failed to really really ever be that running back too. And like I mean like sometimes when somebody was injured, I mean he didn't get the call. So well, he- it, it seems like they they had trouble trusting him, or maybe in practice he just doesn't show that he can block, or I don't know what it is. But well, he's with a coaching staff now that's probably one of the more cerebral, you know, coaching staffs in the league, and a head coach that's you know everybody thinks is a genius. So that's going to probably be sniffed out pretty quickly. If he, you know, maybe he doesn't yeah. make that roster. It could be like that could be one of the things to look out for or something. Yeah, I you know, I, and I don't really have like a good handle on what their roster construction is like if he's a lock to it or, or not whatever but 
Um, you know, I don't know. Just just a theory I have. I think there's just something beyond what we can see on tape. Um, speaking of Giants running backs, though, uh, did you think it was interesting how Eli Penny looked as a tailback in this game? It was interesting, and it makes me think that, you know, you are going to see lots of, like, variation on plays and people in different positions and doing things that we haven't seen before. I think we're looking for versatility. And I think a lot of this also kind of goes back to what I said about Kadarius Tony, where you're seeing more things like end arounds and, and, and things like that. And, you know, having Penny in different positions to kind of con- trick and confuse other defenses. And I think that's, that's all part of it, I think. So I thought it was interesting to see. Yeah, and, you know, this is, again, me pulling something completely out of my ass here, but Bob Papa kind of introduced Eli Penny, and, and they, you know, they said that, you know, Joe Judge had told them that he was going to give Eli Penny some tailback snaps in this game or whatever, and Bob Papa mentioned that he played tailback in college. And it just makes me think that, like, this comes from the Joe Judge... I, I sound like such a homer, because now I'm, like, really praising Joe Judge in, in two times in one episode here but it sounds like the kind of thing where he's brought in Colin Gillespie as fullback competition and you know it now becomes a what can you do for me and it seems like since 2016 when Penny came into this league that he was just labeled a fullback because that's all he could be in the NFL and no one's ever asked him if he could be up for tailback snaps or you know or considered using him in a role he hasn't used since college doesn't it seem that way I think Joe Judge being a special teams guy at heart, and that's what his background is, wants versatility of his players. He wants to squeeze as much orange juice from these oranges that he can. You know, can you do multiple things? That way, you know, doing that allows you to have more specialty guys, you know, playing playing getting on this roster. He doesn't want one-trick ponies on this roster. So I think, and also, the last two coaching staffs we had we're not very good. Maybe well, not very, very <laughs> not very good at talent evaluation, not very good at talent, uh, putting players in the best position to succeed. So, you know, this guy is kind of, you know, looking outside the box with everything. And I think that's something that's separating Joe judge from, you know, the previous administrations we had. Yeah, definitely. Um, not much to report on the O-line. You know, real quick, I thought Chad Slade looked a little better at right tackle this week than he did against the Jets. Then again, I don't think Cleveland had any... Well, they they certainly did have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney out there, so not really something to be too noteworthy of, but looking better is... I thought the run blocking was better, for sure. Yeah, o- overall. Know. And I think a lot of that had to do with Jonathan Harrison was the best... The, the best guy on the starting O-line. wasn't even close. And I don't really know that he's starting material, but he blends in so much. You know, I, I think him jumping in is not a problem at all. See, this is very tricky to evaluate for the average Joes like us because, you know, the, the starting offensive line, that is a unit, right? And they're always going to play together. When you're trying to evaluate, you know, situations like this where the second team is coming in, they're not always going to play together. And you're really looking for a guy that's like, who can step in? You know, this this isn't like hockey where, okay, for this series, the entire second line is going to come in. I know we did a little bit of that last year. 
I don't think we're doing that again. I think that was part of the philosophical differences we have with coaching. So it's hard well, to have. That's not what I was suggesting. No, no, I'm saying though, just in general, how it's hard to evaluate, you know, how well an offensive line played in a preseason game like this. Like just watching a, a whole second unit play together, where they may not, you know, you're mixing and matching guys, especially when you get to the regular season. Oh. So I. I was trying to look for individual guys, how well they were doing, as opposed to saying, well, the line as a whole, we ran the ball better, or the pass blocking overall was better. It's really hard with this. It's when, when that first unit is out next Sunday, that's when we really can evaluate the unit as a unit, because those guys have played together. They all practice together, and let's see what they do. Well, of course. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with any of that. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I think some people are kind of, you know, Especially after week one, we're criticizing a lot more than they really should be about the offense. Like, oh my God, this offensive I mean, line as a group, as a collective. Yeah, I mean, as a collective, where that's not the point, really. We're not we're not evaluating the second unit collective. I mean, if we ever have to be in a game where all five guys in the second unit are playing meaningful minutes, we have major problems. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think you can maybe watch a collective and see that it's bad enough to be concerned that you have no backups worth anything. But it's always difficult. I, I don't know. Reacting to one game is always silly. So yeah. looking over this, but if some, Jonathan what? Harrison, is, this is the first time we got to see Harrison play um, for the Giants, and he looked really, really good. Like I said, Chad Slade looked better this week than last week. New guy Ted Larson that came in um, was okay. Uh, he definitely started worse than he finished, but... You know, I take that to settling down. Um, but oh, the 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 aggregate total of what he put on the field was okay. Um, you know, so overall it was okay, and it was better than last week. The thing that's a little different though is, you know, Cleveland had their their second stringers out there across the board, whereas I don't think the Jets had all of their second stringers out, um, and they ran a very vanilla defense. In fact, I'm not really sure if they blitzed at any point or if they even ran any end-tackle stunts or anything like that. So um, it should have been a better game. <laughs> do you think that's a gentleman's agreement between coaches that they weren't going to do that? Mm, no, because we did it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe uh, Joe Judge is like, just, F you, we're doing it anyway. <laughs> no, I, just coaching styles, yeah. what they felt like evaluating and how they felt like doing it. And right, you, you just said something very important that at the end of the day, we don't know what the coaches are keying in on and are evaluating specifically. We may think we might know, but they may be looking at something, you know, that might even go down to the play calling during these games or the scheme they have out there or how aggressive or not. It, it's got nothing to do with wins and losses. It's, it's about what they specifically want to see and how they're judging on it. So you may be looking at one thing, but it's not at all what the coaches may be looking at in, in particular play or a series or or whatever right um tight ends i think caden smith continues to look solid never flashy never fantastic but never really a total letdown this was a big game for rice and john mm -hmm. um, and you know he's a guy that i had like tabulated to the side based on what i heard about him there's not like i can't really find anything on him and it's not like he's been playing in preseason games where I could pick up on him but so this was like my first chance getting to see him you know he's a really tall dude he's pretty athletic um 
still very much developing really really raw but the kind of guy that you kind of want to keep around on a practice squad stashed safely until you can develop him and then kind of just give him a roster spot not exactly not exactly not exactly an equal comparison or the exact same thing but kind of like a ramsey's barden type of guy like you just look at him and like oh big tall guy yeah like to be able to you know Let's see what we can do with this guy. We hold on to him as long as we can before you say, well, eh, it's not going to happen or anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but what I liked the most about him was not necessarily even his fault or doing, but just the fact that they had him running seam routes. It's kind of what I've been screaming for Evan Ingram to be doing you know, all along. But um... so, so that actually brings up a pretty interesting point. You know, I mentioned it earlier with some plays we think that might be the Kadarius-Tony plays. Seeing some of those seam routes, do you think those could be the Evan Ingram plays, even though he wasn't particularly playing in the game? Oh, absolutely, and I think it should be. But I think also you could probably send Kyle Rudolph on a seam as well. Right, so... I mean, you could send Caden Smith too, but I mean, now you're getting slower and slower. Oh, I know, but I mean, my point being is that, you know, I, I don't believe in... These coaches aren't hiding things for regular season for things they're running right now, but... You know, you still have to, you know, pass block for these particular plays. And, and the quarterback still has to run through his progression to run those plays, too. So these might be little sneak peek nuggets of what we may be trying to do this year. You know, just swap out the personnel doing it in August for the guys who are doing it in September. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, I think so. And my point is I'm, I'm looking for nuggets for people to get off of, like, that Jason Garrett is the worst coordinator of all time in – you know, type of things like just kind of look, you know, use your Rosetta Stone and see what you saw in some of these plays and try to extrapolate that between that we might be doing that, you know, in the regular season. Yeah, and kind of to that, I, I have a, I have a parallel to that, but I I can't segue it the way I think I want to. Um, Go for it. Well, um, we can edit. <laughs> well, the um. The wide receiver position. I know we joke about this every year about the the fifth and sixth wide receiver, but uh, somebody on Twitter made a really good point, and it was just about how every single one of our projected starters has a history of missing stretches of games due to a nagging injury, whether it's Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard. At this point, we haven't even seen Kadarius Tony, um, John Ross. I mean, all of them have this same problem. So does that make the fifth and sixth receiver a little bit more important? Yeah, I think so. Um and I would say, thankfully, the Giants are, I think, one of the teams that have a better collection of fifth and I think there are guys here that are going to get cut that deserve a roster spot on another team, um, which I guess is a good problem to have. I, I, I see your point, but, you know, we saw last year what happens when you're down to your fifth and sixth um, receivers. Well, it's not good, but, I mean, the right. better you have guys there, I mean— that's actually 100% my point. So I think our group now of fifth and sixth wide receivers, those guys fighting for that spot, is markedly better than it was last year. It's, mar- whoever- it, it's markedly better, but I think this coaching staff, if we're down to a six receiver, if we're down to these guys, you are going to see uh, you know, that very safe, safe offense we saw last year. You know, there was a lot of reasons why we were so safe last year. One of them was the deficiency of a wide receiver. Yes, they're better than it was last year. The guys last year, some of them were literally off the street. Um, but 
it, it, we're still in a we still have a major problem if but, we're but going you're, out. You're talking guys. about game planning. What if it happens in game? If we get down to if we lose two receivers, three receivers in a game, and we're down to number six has to step up. Yeah, I, I, I would. I would. Not necessarily. It doesn't really have to happen like that. You're, you know, you're replacement for the X may be the sixth receiver or not. You know, if Kenny Galladay has to go down in the middle of the game and you have David Sills, for instance, who's 6'4", and is more his makeup, even if he is not his caliber, I mean, that is different than if Kadarius Tony goes down. I mean, who's the Kadarius Tony parallel? It's not David Sills. Right. I I feel better with our, our backups than I did last year. When we start getting super deep, it, it, it really it's kind of moot. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, the, the whoever's the six wide receiver, the only time he's getting a snap is if he's really got to go in for like one play, two plays throughout the whole year, probably if he's ever active. If we wake so. up on a Sunday morning in early November, we hear Sterling Shepard's not playing today. Whether he tweaks something or he has COVID, I I feel like okay with this wide receiver room, life will go on. It were other years where if one guy went down, it's like, uh oh, we're dipping our toe into the, the uh you know, the very shallow end of the pool. And I, I think as long as we could stay relatively healthy. But you know, and to your point also about well, we have a lot of guys that always seem to have been banged up. Go around the league. Everybody gets has assorted bang ups in their in their career. This is a Yeah, but but there's people, a, I, I'm I think every single year these guys have played, they've had stretches of time. That's that's unusual. Yeah, I mean, we we're aware of it because you know these are players we've seen for a couple of years or guys we've keyed on and really look back at it. But if you go through again, if you went through Washington's roster for the past six years and look at their receivers and stuff, you might see relatively similar things. I I think the Giants were in a position where they took maybe some more educated risks on some guys because, you know, because of the salary cap or where they were drafting or, you know, maybe they, they, they took a leap for somebody who has more talent, but is more potential for injury than other teams might, because, you know, this team has been a seven to nine team and they're trying to increase the overall talent level of the team. So I think you, you take some risks more at that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of good because what we're looking at here is maybe maybe two roster spots, but probably one roster spot being fought between C.J. Board, Dante Pettis, Damian Willis, uh, David Sills. Um, I think Alex Bachman has officially fallen off of that race. Um, but it's, Matt Cole, you know, we got a bunch of guys that are fighting for that, and I think some of them are are pretty. I mean, C.J. Board and Dante Pettis, in my opinion. Those guys deserve a roster spot somewhere in the league. Oh, somewhere in the league. I don't know if Pettis is going to make this team, but somewhere in the— I don't know if Pettis is going to—I don't know. Like I said, all of those guys I just listed, they're all fighting for one spot. Right. And Pettis Um, Pettis does not get the advantage because he was here last year. No, I wouldn't say so. No. Um, C.J. Board doesn't—so for me, the leading guy is C.J. Board because— I know that he's not flashy. He's not a master of any trade, but he is a jack of all trades. I mean, I, I, I honestly at this point can't imagine him not making the roster the way that Joe Judge values versatility and how much he plays on special teams and and just the fact that I don't think he looks embarrassing out there running routes and catching passes. I he did it last year for us. He didn't look embarrassing then, 
and I think he looks fine now. As a as a guy who has to come in maybe three times a year in three different games, has to pop in there for an injured player or just somebody who's got a nagging injury they don't want to aggravate, I think he would be fine at that. Um, at the same time, I think Dante Pettis would be just as fine at that, right? Yeah, but Pettis, is he making more than some of these other guys too? Uh, maybe, I mean, but it's it's negligible. Yeah, because, I mean, this might be a team that's kind of counting pennies for a little bit, and maybe the difference might be if Pettis is making 850 versus 500, he, he might be gone because of that. Um, I... David Sills is kind of the fan favorite um, cause he's, because he's big and tall and because he did have really good production in college. And, you know, you can't teach size. Um, and he had a touchdown catch in this game. He, you know, nice contested catch. I, I would like to see him... He These preseason games don't really let me look at him the way I want to, so I kind of have to go with the broadcast and the way it is. So I would like to see him targeted on things other than go routes because he just has average speed to me. And, it, it, you know, sometimes he beats his guy, but not really. The go route is not always going to be his thing. You know, I, I want to see him running more crossing routes. And, you know, he ran kind of like a slant for that touchdown. Anyway, things like that. I want to see more of that. We want to see that period, regardless of who the receiver is, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's yeah. like we we want to we want to break out of our shell and actually doing that, you know, for for any receivers. But yeah, I get your point. He may not be the that might be the best utilization of his skill set. Just a, just a straight straight go. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of quarterbacks throwing it up to him. I want to see what else he can do, you know, if he needs to be called upon. But he's a, he's a fan favorite, and for good reason. Um, but at the same time, Damian Willis to me looks really really polished. You know, he. He had a great hands catch on the sideline for nine yards. Um, he, he's playing so far with backups that it really comes down to what I'm watching him do. And he just looks very polished. He looks very comfortable. And um, he's another one that I think belongs somewhere on an NFL roster. It, so. Yeah, very possible. Very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, switch to defense. Did anybody in the defensive line really jump out at you? I mean, not really. <laughs> Again, it's a, little, it's a little tough to tell. I mean, I, I thought it was a little disappointing. You know, on the outside, I was expecting a little more of a, of a rush out there. Uh, guys were able to get around on the outside more than I was kind of hoping for. I thought it was, eh. But again, that might be a, a product of the unit itself, like as opposed to a collection of individuals we're looking for. Yeah, early on in the game, they had a lot of trouble keeping contain, and mm-hmm. I have specific. There's specific guys that were very guilty of it, but you're also right. Like they they had a pretty good pass rush in this game, but it was mostly up the middle from the defensive line and and a gapping blitzers at the linebacker level, or whatever. It wasn't a whole bunch off the edge or around the outside. Uh, but I thought, well, for starters, I thought David Moa is a lot more impressive than I thought coming into this game. You know, for a guy as big as he is, he really can move quickly. And he also has, like, I don't say decent long speed. That's because it's absolutely not true. But, like, more long speed than I would have expected as well. I mean, he ran down Kyle Laletta on that last play of the first half and knocked his on his ass. Um, but he's... 
he's really something somewhere. I I don't know if it's here, but um, I'd like to see more of him. And I thought Raymond Johnson had his second straight good preseason game. I, I think he looks more and more like the mold of a poor man's Justin Tuck. Not just because of the number, but just his size and the way they're using him more so on the inside than on the outside. It, it's very interesting to see. I want to see more of him as well. Yeah, I was tempering my enthusiasm with these guys because, again, they're playing against a backup offensive line too. So, you know, um, I... I was hoping for a little more domination, I guess, than I actually saw, especially on the outside. Yeah, no, you're right. The the, the other guy I kind of want to mention, Trent Harris is a guy who I had pretty much penciled off this roster at the beginning, and he just does all the little things right, and he is kind of always around the ball. I just, I don't know. Trent Harris is sort of quietly making a name for himself. He's making, He's a, case. He's making a case for himself, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the linebacker level, the two guys who were most guilty very in the, in the early in the game with the losing contain on the outside were Ryan Anderson and O'Shane Ziminis. And we always knew O'Shane Ziminis had more struggle in the run game than rushing the passer, and that continued to be true. I mean, he got a little bit better in the run game, but rushing the passer, he looked excellent. Um, he's not a star, but he's he's pretty pretty damn good and something we were definitely missing last year. Ryan Anderson... They, he might be one of the cuts this week. He was terrible in mm-hmm. all facets of the game. Too far off in coverage, too anxious to bite in the run game, got caught inside time and time again. He didn't look good in any sense. He felt like, a, he he felt like right. a guy trying to do too much, like trying to over-impress. And when you do that and not doing your job, that's you're going to get in trouble. And I, that's what I kind of felt with him. Yeah, he, he looked god-awful, um, and it, which was surprising because he's like the veteran backup, you know? Um, Devontae Downs, he might have played his way. I, I hope he played his way off of this team this week. But he, he just, like, seems determined to not make a play on the ball ever. <laughs> he just likes to chill in his own, wait for the throw to go to his guy, allow the catch to be made, and make the tackle right there. Right. And he doesn't really get burnt ever, but he doesn't ever prevent anything from happening. So he's just a guy. I mean, he, he is kind of just a tackling dummy. Um. And he looked pathetic in this game, which is which is notable because you know last year they had him going in actual NFL snaps, and he looks bad. But you're like, well, I mean, is he a backup? You know, is he thrown into position? Yeah, yeah. Now here in this game, he looked bad against the second string just to begin with, which we would consider his peers, like you know his his skill set peers. Yeah, exactly. Um, Carter Coughlin had his second straight good game um, at the inside linebacker position. His rough edges and coverage were exposed. He he he's okay in coverage when he's chilling in his own and he's just got everything working in front of him and he knows he's just got, you know, some responsibility behind him. But in man coverage, when he gets turned around, he's a little bit lost. Um But, you know, I don't know. I'm not willing to throw him away for that. It, he looks so good blitzing up the middle and doing everything else. Uh I mean he almost looks like a starter out there. How about my boy uh, Quincy Wilson? Nice pick in the end zone. Quincy Wilson, I, I hope the injury that he had at the end of the first half doesn't hamper him because 
he has quietly had a good camp too. From every report I've read, it's always been a footnote. Quincy Wilson looked good today. Quincy Wilson had an interception today. Just it's never a big story. He never gets his picture in the article or whatever. But he's always mentioned, and he got a pick. I mean, this one was a a, a gimme, but hey, I don't care. I'll take it. <laughs> it was in a key spot. You know, if you're if you're trying to be competitive in a game, it was in a key spot to get it. <laughs> Anytime you get a pick in the end zone, good for you. Yeah, no, no, exactly, and. You know, more power to him. I, I had he's another guy I had pretty much penciled off this roster at the beginning of the preseason because the DB room is so deep, and you know I just didn't. You know he hasn't shown anything in the NFL really mm-hmm. yet in his career, and there's no reason to write him off. He's looked good so far this year. So interesting with Quincy Wilson, um, a guy that I had penciled on the roster that I now feel is falling off is Afedi Odenabo, the guy they signed from Minnesota. Right. Um, you know, they signed him, free agent signing. They gave him some decent money. I, You know, I thought his tape made him look real good, but he's coming in there pretty late. He's not looking – he's going in there up against second and third stringers, and he doesn't look bad, so I don't want to paint that picture. But he doesn't really look dominant in there either at any it, point. It doesn't look like there's a real reason for him to be there. Like we Yeah, so there's yeah. no reason to pencil him in now. I mean, if it comes down to a numbers game at the edge position, remember you have Lorenzo Carter, O'Shane Zimitis, Aziz Ojolari. They've, they've went out and got a bunch of guys. I don't know. If it comes down to a numbers game, I think he's probably behind all of those. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah. yeah. A late start and hasn't done anything to kind of say, oh, Separate. that's why yeah. we brought him in. Yeah. Um. The only other guys I really have, you know, Rodarius Williams still looks like a six-round rookie. Some good, some bad. He had a nice pass breakup. Also gave up a first down. Looked a little he better than fine. looked a little better than last week. Yeah, he's I, growing. He also wasn't as targeted and picked on as much as he was last week either. Yeah, that's true. That would be Sam Beal, and <laughs> he had a he had a rough game. He wasn't really doing anything bad, but he was getting targeted. He was just slightly off in coverage. He could have completely changed the perception of himself. He. He got beat at the line of scrimmage on one play. He recovered, was in good position, poor throw, and he was right in there to make a pick, and he made the killer mistake that any wide receiver or DB can make, and that's just fade away and let the ball come to you. Always attack the ball. You know, these guys aren't game-planning necessarily, these offenses, but when you start seeing guys getting picked on in preseason games, that's a big problem. And we saw it with Darius Williams last week. Okay, rookie we get it. Sam Peel's not a rookie. Mm-hmm. And they started, you know, picking at him. And if they start doing that in a game like this, that's almost curtains for a guy. And he's really, he's on his ninth life right now. Yeah. And it, you know what? It comes down to with him is, I don't think it's a talent thing. I think the talent's there. I think at this point though, you know, it's a bad, it's just a bad set of circumstances. And he's un- just got to go somewhere. But- he needs a fresh start is what I think. Just a fresh start somewhere else with a new coach. Because, I mean, here he is drafted by, you know, in the supplemental round because his – I forget what happened with his college. Something weird. Um, and he's with a different coaching staff. Now this new coach comes in there. He's got the injury to the shoulder. Then the gun thing happens. He's got to miss the whole year because that's just the best way to handle that. And, you know, he comes out. He's not really kicking ass. I mean, he'll probably wind up somewhere and he can make a name for himself. I mean, it's, I hate to say it, but it almost sounds a little like Kadarius – Tony 1.0, like hopefully he's going to, hopefully it's not going down this same route of just not through nothing fault 
necessarily of his own and a series of independent incidents, right? incidents is too strong a word, even series of, you know, events that when you add them all up together equals it's time to move on. Now, I'm not saying that we're there with Kadarius Tony, because you, you all know I'm going to defend him to the, the fullest until it's undefensible anymore. But Beal is further down that timeline and these things just keep happening. And now that, you know, he's healthy, he's not in trouble or anything. He's just playing poorly. There's really, you know, well, yeah, there's nothing left. It's like there's no justification to keep him anymore. Moving into specials, um, I thought Matt Cole and Cam Brown both had uh, another good day. Matt Cole had a, a quick hit on a, on a returner late in the second quarter. Um, I don't know that he made the tackle, but I think he slowed him down enough for the rest of the group to get there. Cam Brown had a shoestring tackle on a punt early on in the game. Ryan Santoso kicked well. There's some rumors that he has some trade value right now, which would be yeah. awesome. I've actually read about two or three things today about that, which... You know, anytime you're about to, you know, make a decision, you have to move on from somebody, you can get anything back. A seventh round pick in three years or something. It's still something. And that would be good. Yeah. Um, that's, they're kind of in a position now to, to do something with that. So that's, that's interesting. Um, this week they're traveling up to Foxborough, I think, for Wednesday and Thursday. And then I think they come home Friday and – Maybe practice Saturday or something like that. Well, the game's uh, Sunday. But, but it, it is only it's only two practices up in New England, and then they in New England in Massachusetts, and then they turn around, come home. The game is here at MetLife on Sunday, which means it's going to be the same schedule for us as it was this week, except we might actually be there. How about that? <laughs> I would pay attention to Twitter if you guys want to have a preseason beverage with us in the Jameson room. Let's uh, you know follow us. You know, at the cranky fan, at football underscore grump, and at just giants pod. Yeah, and um, we will see you guys next week. Uh, same time, same place, same websites. <laughs> same, same, same. Wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget tell a friend or two about us. Yeah, you know, let, let's grow this giant community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're we're heading into the the regular season. It would be we're we're gonna hit the ground running with a whole bunch of new stuff. So, uh, yeah, share our stuff. Yeah, with the rest of your friends and community. If whatever. you like us now, just wait. <laughs> yeah, you'll hate us. Yeah, <laughs> get your glasses ready. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Go, Go Giants. Giants.